your mistakes are invaluable. You should never be afraid of the mistakes because those are that's where you learn what didn't work. And when you do things that do work, it's often quite mysterious. And for me, especially because I'm not analytical, I'm, I trust my intuition and I don't trust my own analysis. It's just how my my brain works. So uh, I think you should also trust your own instincts and your intuition. Um, if you can, trust your instincts and don't let other people tell you what you should do if you're, if you're not fully compliant with it. I don't have a monologue prepared for this week. It's been a rough week. It's been a crazy week. It's been a week full of change, good, bad, um, and in between. I, I will say... I will point out that this week on the Waypoint Set podcast, which is the name of this podcast, which I should always mention in the beginning, is is is, is a special one because this is essentially the um, the original cast in a weird way. We're dismissing Sawas. Um, so hey, what's up? I'm your host CJ, and we're back. Now we're keeping consistent, which is always a good thing. Um, Christine, how's it going? Um, it's going. Yeah. Uh, you excited for next week, the third? Oh no, not really. I work, <laughs> so I don't really care. You don't really care. You, you, why, why? you don't care. No. Yeah, I got you. I'm over it too. It's not going to directly affect me, so immediately. So I don't really. Yeah, just. I did my duty, but um, it's not going to take me out of getting out of work. So I don't really care. Yeah, you're right. I dropped off my ballot today. I did what all I could. Um, all these white liberals could get off my Twitter <coughs> mentions and uh, stop bothering me. Um, and I'll, yeah, I will say everyone needs to watch Get Out. Anyway, um, yeah. So go out there and vote. Um, if you vote, you automatically gain the um, the power to shame others. As I've so learned on Twitter, as Christine, this I almost threatened me today. Oh, yes. I did my, but I did my 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 duty as an American, as the as a minority, uh, as a uh, whatever. Fill out the rest of it. Anyway, uh, joining us today is a special guest. As I said, he was a part of the original cast, or at least the original like few founders of this podcast. Um, it's my cousin, one of like one of uh, two cousins who's been on the show, one of three family members because uh, you know the. Uh, avid waypoint set listeners remember my uncle alex was in an episode once anyway <laughs> joining us it's arlie hey everyone how's it going um so this is a weird episode because this is like right before halloween like it'll come out friday the 30th so my opening question for this week is is there a what's what's a non-horror piece of media that scares you the most and why so christine I know you're the least uh, horror initiated. Is that correct? Yes. You absolutely do not like being scared at all. I mean, well, no one does, but not purposefully. <laughs> no one. Um, so I'm. So then I want to know: is, is there anything, whether it's a game, a movie, that isn't that wouldn't fall in the uh, category of horror that 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 scared you? Is there anything that stuck with you in, in any scene specifically? that's kind of like. That lives in your mind rent free, as the kids want to say today. Um, no, but a lot of TikTok videos scar me. So does that count? Okay, I want to know which ones. <laughs> I want like I don't names. Know, like, 
like recently there's been like this like trend of like i think it's called like skinwalkers or something like that can you explain it like i don't know i don't know if you saw that video of the guy who was riding a horse and then there's like somebody saying like hey hey and then like on the second hey the horse just freaks the fuck out and like starts running and it was in the middle of some like a like like stretch of like land there's nobody around so i started googling it and then i got into all these different like mythological like creature lores and stuff like that that's the only thing that freaks me out what the fuck supposedly they're like these like um i don't even know how to explain it i guess monsters that imitate humans so they try to lure you into like a forest or something like that to kill you that's a skinwalker yes i think i don't want hold on i don't want to do it justice because i think it's like native american lore let me me google it so you you got yourself into a like rabbit hole of like googling like creepy shit basically it says okay in navajo culture a skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into possess or disguise themselves as an animal so um doesn't help that my project which i'll talk about later deals with witchcraft i unknowingly (laughs) picked that topic and i screwed myself over so that's something else that has um terrified me because I've gone down the rabbit hole of like 17th century witchcraft and Satanism without unwillingly choosing that, but it's for a grade, so now I'm kind of screwed. Can you explain then? Okay, so then is it, it's a trend on TikTok, or is it just one video you saw like that? It's that not. Kind of I, I wouldn't say it's a trend. I feel like it's like this happened. Like it's like one of those things. Like oh, this happened to me, and then everybody else is like, oh yeah, look, me too. And then yeah. They're all from, like, deep country places, too. So I'm kind of, like, like, you know, like, those areas where there's, like, nothing around and just, like, a house in the forest sort of thing. So I don't know if it's a trend, but I've gotten on that side of TikTok, and I don't know how to get out, so. You got to, like, screw with the algorithm. You got to find out. I'm on, I'm on, what is it? I'm on Skinwalker and um, Amy Coney Barrett. So oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't ask me how. Um, um, two scary things, right there. Extremely scary! Um, Holy shit! Um, it's funny though, Christine, because I think yours is the only thing that's like real. Then not real, but Yo, the second part is legit. That, it's legitimate, lie. and that's <laughs> scary truth. Wow! Um, I live for that as long as it's not nighttime, and then I'm kind of like. I'm like I'm trying not to look out my window right now. So yeah, okay. don't don't do that. Obviously not. Although I don't think they exist here. In Florida or in. I, I think it's only like in in like. The Midwest, um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared about like the chupacabra for like a good minute when I was little. I don't know why. It posed no threat to me whatsoever. Did you go but... to Costa Rica when you're younger a lot? Yeah, but it was different. It wasn't like. Okay, that's Mexico, first of all. Okay, but I'm saying, it, but isn't the chupacabra like a, a common thing in like, oh, well, I was going to say a common thing in most like Latin American, uh, sure, yeah. like, is that one of like the, uh, the, the, the pillars of, uh, of, of, uh, Latin like, Yeah, like Central American. I think it's more like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't ever remember being scared of anything when I would go to Costa Rica. I mean, 
Now that I'm thinking about it, I should have. Now, actually, let me before we get to the other like question, the the, the other people. I kind of I know that, and Christine, like, what was the most irrational or I guess rational, but thing that wouldn't affect you, like thing that you were afraid of when you were younger? Irrational thing that would have affected me. Yeah, like something that. Okay, so like. Well, I had this like intense fear of like skeletons. Okay. Like I could not, like at all. Okay. Like I don't know why. Now I'm kind of like, all right. No, yeah, because they're yeah. You have you have that, one. You have one. <laughs> you, but I could not make that like connection. You get me? Yeah. So I don't know why. That and like probably a whole bunch of other fucked up stuff. But like my mom says, it's because I'm gifted, so I'm cool. Okay. <laughs> I was, so all right. I was gonna just, I'd be boring. Like oh, I was afraid of alligators. <laughs> For crocodile. No, I was afraid. I was had irrational Dude, fear of like to the to the Everglades and like there would be crocodiles just out there and they'll be like like in the middle of the walkway and they'll be like oh yeah don't touch them but we would still have to go near them so that's growing up in Florida. I was afraid you. of vampires when I was younger because I would watch a lot of what? documentaries on bats. And I remember this. Oh my god, so, it's freaking bats! So that's the thing. So, oh, let me let me tell you. Like growing up in Miami, uh, Hallmark was going to the zoo. And they did their like uh, the 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 Zoo Miami, formerly known as Miami Metro Zoo, when they did their um their bat like exhibit thing, and they had like um the entire like what's that thing called the um that little museum kind of deal where they would turn it oh, they, yeah well they turned it into like a castle, and they have like a bunch of like bat themes such as like a room full of like it's pitch dark and everything. So I was incredibly curious. That's a, that, when I was younger, I would just scare myself because I would just look up a bunch of shit in the internet that I always wanted to know, right? About animals and stuff. Um, I think recently, Christine, didn't I tell you, like I looked up some stuff about gorillas that freaked me out? I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So apparently gorillas, you know, I don't know what we're talking about. Like, gorillas like worship the gods. They have their religion. They have their own set of like beliefs. You know fucking terrifying oh, that is? Wait, I have another thing oh. I was terrified of when I was little for no yeah. reason. Okay, what is it? What is it? What is it? Okay, remember the movie? Oh my god, I forgot it. Oh Apart my god, though. that movie. Yeah. Yo, I saw it when I was like, like I'm not even shitting you, like six. And ever since then, oh my now god. I'm old. <laughs> now I'm kind of like, okay. I'm kind of like, okay. Isn't that your shit you know, now? Like, the Mayan stuff? Yeah. It's, but it's, before, dude, oh my god. You see childbirth. It's, st- it's still such an disgusting. intense movie to watch. It still is an intense movie to watch. I was... <laughs> I was un- unreasonably worried about being sacrificed to my <laughs> yeah. That was worry. Uh, I love, okay. So uh, yes. How how frustrated are you of like a sacrifice is now then like Christine and the the fear index where, where are you at? I'm probably like a zero. Okay, you're not you're not worried about. It is what it is. You're not, no. you're not worried about a, a getting like called into a ritualistic sacrifice. I mean, no. Okay. Okay. No, I appreciate every culture. All right, that's good. All right, um, Arlie, then let me ask you, then what was your irrational fear when you were younger? You want to know what's funny? Uh, and I, I kind of blame my parents for this one. They taught me this one from a very young age, is to be afraid of homeless people and cops. I'm, <laughs> cops, I it, yeah, cops. Cops, you know, I'm not, you know, it's not so much that I'm afraid of them, but I just, you know, never want to get on their bad side for, you know, obvious reasons <laughs> but you know the, my it's yeah. weird like the kind of yeah, every time i hear st- you uh hear you rip a, a fat bong like a <laughs> like <tough> <laughs> over psn 
Yeah, right. They're out to get me. They're out to get me. Oh, my. Any cops? Yep. So, yeah, that, I guess, was, like, a sort of weird, like, fears that I had. And, I mean, I still, I kind of still have an irrational, not an irrational, but definitely when I was a kid, I was, like, super afraid of cockroaches. And you'll ask anyone, I'm still... I'm still very, very, very uncomfortable around them, but I will okay. kill them. I could deal with cockroaches. Yeah, but I can. But I will kill them though. I can't. I can't. Like, I, like no. Oh, if no, I if yeah, I see they, one, I have to think about yeah. all its escape routes because if that but if that little bastard escapes from me, I, I can't sleep in that room that night. Well, yeah, no, I agree with that. I am the same way. If I see it in my room and I don't kill yeah, it in my room. It, I'm not that, sleeping that in my thing room. needs to die as soon as I see it, it as soon as I'm aware of its existence I need to make sure it ceases to be like <laughs> and that's the only way I can get sleep <laughs> so that, that's me as an adult me as a kid I just freaked out and called my mom for it now you know I'm a grown man and I'm like I gotta freaking kill this shit myself if it, even if it means punching a hole in the wall <laughs> John, you got John Wick the, uh, the Yo, believe it or not believe it or not I have shot I have shot uh, Roach's legs off using an airsoft gun. Oh, I thought you were going to say an actual gun. I nah. was going to be like, shit, you must have no, really good No, what? In, no, I live, I do not live in the suburbs of Miami. <laughs> uh, that was, that, that, I, you, I live somewhere where they'll definitely call the cops <laughs> when I couldn't shine. <laughs> Let's bring in my other fear. You work in a pet, you work in a pet store. Don't. Don't you do not? No, but I'm curious. Like, okay, so are do, does, has that like a, like a, a curved? Dude, any? I feel I feel the crickets climbing up my leg yeah. every day. So don't even every time s- I walk in there. No, I, I can do with crickets. I mean, I could do with cockroaches. So like, I will like shoo them because we have a lot of them at work. Obviously, mm-hmm. I will like we coexist. <laughs> you know, like that is a great term. You respect them. They respect you. I see him, and I'm like, I know you will outrun me, but you know I will kill you. So I'm going to give you the chance to leave me alone. And if you leave me alone, <laughs> I'll leave you alone. But if it's a cricket, no holds barred. Fucking wrecking it. I do not care. I have to stick my hand in the bins to clean them. And every single time one of them jumps on my hand, it feels like a dead weight. And I just, ugh, disgusting. <laughs> and they smell. Like decomposing bodies. That's nasty. That's very gross. Yeah. I mean, I still squirm. I'll do it because I'm getting paid to do it. (laughs) But I will not willingly. Like, I have some friends who will grab them with their hands. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Do not. I do not. That's the only thing that's keeping me from getting a reptile because I cannot deal with bugs. You have to, like, train, like, an iguana or a fucking chameleon to, like, eat, like, a cheeseburger or something. Yeah. I mean, I'll hold, I'll hold a reptile. I have no problem. Yeah, I like... But I will not feed it. I like it. reptiles. Uh, I like... I actually don't mind feeding snakes, even though they're live rats, but I don't mind it. Oh hell no! No, I can't. Do uh-uh. that. That's too far. I've done. I I've, hold them. I have. I, I actually have fed snakes like you know, the mice before, and it is, but it is like both disheartening yet badass in a way. It's so metal. <laughs> 
I have to feed them every time I feed them. And I always leave it for the next person to come in because (laughs) I do not like. Let me ask you then, Arlie. So then what's a piece, I'm curious, like a non-horror, like movie, TV show, game, whatever, that's sort of like freaked you out? You mentioned this on Twitter like a few weeks ago. It was about that well scene in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's funny that you mentioned that because I felt the same damn way. Actually, I felt the same way about, what was it, when I first played, what? But it was when I was a kid playing that very game. And it might have been the well. The well was creepy because actually it was the forest temple was definitely very creepy and hard for me to get through. That's the one that had all the ghosts, the paintings on the walls that would like come to life Ganon come out of the freaking like paintings and then yeah you had those freaking hands that jumped off from that jumped out of the ceiling and grabbed you i have a weird also a weird like phobia of like random hands grabbing me or like hands coming out of the walls and grabbing me because of this game <laughs> so yeah um there's also yeah in the well they also had those zombie monsters that you talked about that they would screech really loud and freeze you in place and they would come up to you and start eating your brains oh that part freaked yes. me out i i had to come equipped with that when with they that added them to they were they were in smash bros melee and they still look creepy oh my god yes with it as like a random like item that they, that would come up and I, Extreme. It. and I remember i played it at your house and you had this like chunky ass crt and it still looked oh man as hell. In that, that's like, how we playing. Dude, that. That's how I remember, I, I remember. That's how I remember video games the best, bro. That's how I remember video games the best. <laughs> but I remember like playing through that. It's like basically you're in this, and I'm I'm not a Zelda fan, so I apologize in the way I'm describing this. But you're in this room, and there's like water, and there's like these walkways, and there are these zombies there, and they 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 look unassuming. They almost look like tree like tree uh, stumps or trees. <laughs> and when you walk up to them, they look they look weak. They look like you can take them until they get a hold of you. They're essentially strangling you. Yeah. Um, and they have like these like faces that look like the kids from Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> um, I my choice is a little bit. It's the oh duh, CJ. This is a stupid pretentious choice. But I, I kind of want to talk about it just because um, it, it had an effect on me, and maybe because it was the time I was watching it. So earlier this year, I, I watched the uh, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut for love, the first time. Back in love January. that movie. And. And I'm not going to say much about it, but it's not a horror film. It's not even a thriller. Everyone calls it an erotic thriller. I think they're wrong. They're stupid for calling it that. Um, it is, I guess, at, at the very least, like, the most I can describe it is it's a drama. But there's a scene where Tom Cruise's character is walking through this, like, mansion that where there's this orgy going on. People are wearing these, like, masks. And the most iconic scene of the movie, every- basically. Yes. The thing with Kubrick, though, he has this uh, this tendency in audience to do like, these shots where um, the camera just zooms in on a face or zooms in on something. And to me, it's always the, the most horrifying thing mm. in any film. The Shining yes, did it the no. best in that infamous scene with the with the um, with the guy in the uh, the, mm. the bear suit, which you know it still gives that me made no sense. In that movie, um, still does not make any sense. That's the thing. There's no context in the book. There's a lot of context. Yeah, that, that movie, like the... That's the thing, though. That yeah. it's so scary. <laughs> So in Eyes Wide Shut, there's a scene. Uh, there's a lot of scenes like that, specifically in that in that mansion scene where it's just people like being zoomed in with the masks, and it's just this sort of discomforting, 
horrifying thing paired with like the music and everything and, right. I, and i always it's, that's that's that still sticks with me. that's a song that's sung backwards you know that right oh, yeah really? that's what adds to that creep factor that i figured all right oh. yeah that's all backwards <laughs> you know exactly what i'm talking about that's pretty fun you're yeah, like, what well, is this weird ominous chanting? It. No, it's actually singing. It's like some Italian song, like, but the song itself is slowed down and played backwards, and it just adds to such a creepy level to it. Yeah, it, it was it was something else. Um, so that's like the most CJ intro. I mean, there's like other things. Uh, Christine, I don't know if you remember Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There's the scenes where you're in the the underground mines and like the first jump scare you get. Oh, I mean, I wasn't scared. It was just very unsettling. That, that I remember that hitting me like a little bit weirdly. Uh, I remember, oh man, the the Arkham Knight um oh. that jump scare for the first time. because <laughs> yes. it seems random. Obviously, it's scripted, but man, when you first get that, oof. and I remember I I I played it again, and it still hit me. I'm like, oh shit, how did that see? Yep. Um, so things like that. All right. We're not going to talk about cockroaches and crickets and uh, whatever the hell Christine was talking about with skinwalkers oh. all night. Um, oh, that reminded me. Now, fuck. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things we've been up to, as always. Uh, the way the podcast works now, everyone brings in three topics, whether it's anything um, you know they've been watching, playing, or anything in between. So, I mean, we got to, we got a really intro. I'm looking at the uh, the. Um, the notes we have a really interesting show as far as diversity goes so then i'm gonna throw it to arlie first um so arlie you brought in three things and the three things you brought in so we'll start first with um yep um all right so we're gonna start out you brought in the ghost of Tsushima, the legends mode for for those who don't know this is a free expansion to this year's uh, ghost of Tsushima, where it's a multiplayer mode so, Arlie, you want to give a little explanation about it and kind of why you brought it to the discussion? Okay, well, I mean, first off, I definitely brought it up because that's a, well, that's at least something you and I have in common right now because I know you you get online and you play with me on the, like, so, yeah, um, when Sucker Punch dropped this game back in July, they had kept under wraps for just a little bit that they were releasing a multiplayer mode eventually. That was all part of the plan. So, so it's basically a co-op and survival style uh, multiplayer so it's not competitive at all so the whole aspect here is essentially that you are playing ghosts or heroes that have fallen in battle and are in the afterlife and you're cleansing the afterlife of mongol demons so there's an actual story to the campaign which i really appreciate it's only two players for the campaign so you got to really work together as like a duo and there's increasing difficulties as you go along. Just make it insanely hard. CJ, I know you played one level with me, and it was actually quite the challenge. And then, yeah, yeah and then there's a survival. Midnight, you and I were, like, frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> we kept making family guy jokes as we, were <laughs> as we were trying to get through being frustrated. I mean, it does get a little frustrating, though. But, like, the survival mode, I mean, we kind of just wreck house there. We do pretty awesome there, I'm not going to lie. It's just like, uh, just fight off waves of enemies, but with like capture points. So yeah, you got like capture points, three capture points in each map. You got buyouts. So like your standard, like Call of Duty, like, um, zombies style horde mode. But, you know, you bring in all your skills. Everyone works together to like, uh, 
take down all the enemies essentially but they get to get increasingly tough and you do have to rely strongly on the cooperation of the teammates and also getting good gear and being able to kill quickly but thoroughly i'm enjoying it it's pretty simple but it's pretty fun Oh, what do you think, CJ? Uh, Christine, I want to ask you something. Oh. Well, give me a second. I'm going to ask Christine, okay. and I'll, I'll kind of say what I want to say after. So, Christine, um, how I'm curious, then, how much do you know about, like, Japanese uh, history and mythology uh, and things of that nature? Um, a lot, more or less. Mediocre. <laughs> but, like, but you know about, like, essentially, like, you know, what, the Oni and all that and the, all that sort of stuff, like, what the, as far as, like, their, their, the stories they tell? Um, sort of, although I have to say it's leaning more towards um, Japanese culture than mythology. Than mythology. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, what Arlie was saying is essentially this game is centered around that mythology, sort of. So it takes place in a different realm from the main game, a game I haven't finished yet, cause, and I probably won't because it's boring as fuck. Anyway, the actual multiplayer I've been enjoying a lot. It's like, really like, fun, all right? Game of the year for me, actually. Not really game of the year, but it's a really, really great <laughs> game. Top contender. All right. <laughs> uh, Arlie and I have been uh, we've been playing it. I'm writing the review for it over at Game Critics, and I am enjoying yeah. this multiplayer mode a lot. Uh, again, now it's this new sort of like I want to log in, I want to do a few challenges, and and you know upgrade my guide. There's a, a raid. By the time this episode goes up, yeah, you, Arlie and I hopefully hopefully found not only a fourth person to play with, um, but a an actual like we would have finished it you know successfully, reaped the rewards, all that fun stuff, but. Um, so yeah, to what you're asking, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It ta- it trims a lot of the fat and a lot of the issues that I had with the main campaign into like this really wonderfully condensed version of it. Um, it's a miracle it works. I never expected a cooperative mode based on a single player game like this to work, and I am glad that I've been playing it. It's it's been fun. Um, so that that begs the question, uh, I, Christine. I do want to ask you this. If if you could get a sort of like a historical game like this, a sort of multiplayer focused, cooperative focused game like this that takes place in any time time history, what would, what would you want it to see? Oh my god! Like like where where it blends like mythology in a way. Where it blends mythology. Well, because now you're kind of asking, um, like what sort of historical stuff also kind of blended yeah. with mythology? Yeah, yeah. So like, if you could see something like that, because I know, yeah. I don't know actually, because my area and specialty doesn't go later than like the 1600s. Okay. So, so what's before that then? That you I know? don't know what happened before that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, oh, I don't know. I guess the closest thing we would get is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. You want the Mayan stuff? Yeah. Okay. Because um, I'm trying to think of something else. It'll probably come to me later. <laughs> All right. So then, Arlie, up next, you brought in a documentary. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, from um, called 537 Votes. You want to go ahead and talk about Netflix. that and why, why you brought it's it not, to the table? It's not on Netflix. It's actually on HBO Max. Um, HBO, sorry, yes. Yeah. So it's called 537 Votes. It is uh, developed by Tour Pictures and directed by Billy Corbin, both of which have worked on uh, the popular documentary cocaine cowboys um so have you have oh, you ever seen they did the the um documentary though? uh no well they did. wait i think he's done one on um yeah but it's based they basically do a lot of miami-based documentaries but this one was a pretty significant one because it talks about basically the um uh, the 
the recounts in the year 2000 with the voting. And this came out at a very prime time. It literally just came out. It dropped like a week ago. And it is very, uh, how to say, it was very informative because I thought I knew a lot about this, but I don't, I don't know shit about this. Cause you see this, you're like, wow, I just learned something completely new about what happened in that era. Then again, I was a kid, you know, you were just born during that time. And it talks about like when Bush was going, when Al Gore running for president that year was the whole year with Elian Gonzalez coming to, uh, to Miami. And that was a whole shit show in and of itself. It, and then it kind of like echoes a lot of what's going on now. But one thing I never knew was that that recount and that election, like all the ballots were relying on Miami-Dade County's ballots, which mysteriously just <laughs> went up in the air, never got recounted. I recommend this, though, because it it does, you know, it might seem biased to some, but it's really interesting to learn about how much how much dedication they put into counting your votes and how much dedication some people put into stopping your votes. So that's just something to think about, especially with this election coming up. That is very definitely something to think about. Would you say this is like prophetic in a way? Like that this this is like the perfect thing that represents our like current anxieties. Oh my god. Um, they mentioned now. they mentioned something like they brought up questions at the end of the documentary. It's like if all this had gone down, like imagine if things went differently, like if Al Gore had won, would we still had September eleventh? If Al Gore won, would we have gotten into a recession in two thousand eight? You know, these kinds of questions pop up when you think about that sort of presidency and where that kind of leads stuff into effect that goes on now since, you know, obviously two thousand sixteen to now. It, I, I just can't help but kind of hear some echoes, especially with the whole topic of like, of like voter fraud and stuff like that. It's uh, Christine. I know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, 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 go. I'm done. <laughs> I was gonna say, Christine. I know that you do a lot of like stuff relating to Miami history. Um, you know, what's your sort of knowledge on this uh, on this topic specifically? Um, voter. Well, you like, mean? yeah, from the the the, what yeah. is it, the 2000 elections. The, are, were you were you were you familiar with a lot of the um how that shit went down? I'm not really, but I do remember a lot about um. I already mentioned, I forgot his name, Eliano. Was it Eliano? Elian. Elian Gonzalez, yeah. There, there is a lot, mostly on that. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen much about the election, but that goes to show how much they're probably gatekeeping yep. everything. I highly recommend um, that documentary for you then, because you will learn a lot more about Miami, especially during that time. And you'll learn how crucial Miami-Dade County was to that whole election. I I was sh- I was shook. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know my own county was ca- <laughs> was capable of such corruption, which even though it's notorious for it. <laughs> yeah, I do remember a lot with the 1980s, though, like oh. as far as like um like Cuban migration and stuff yes. like that. Have you ever have you ever watched the documentary uh, Cocaine Cowboys? No, uh, no I, but I have do, heard I recommend that. that one too because that one also teaches you a lot of like late 70s, 80s and then uh it ends like early 90s Miami and it's obviously all about um you know cocaine trafficking and how and everything, you know, the Col- right. the Colombian cartels integration in South Florida. But it is a very awesome documentary about Miami's history. I think my child 
Schultz was like owned by like drug traffickers during Tom- that era. Yes, you were telling me that, Christine. You wanted to oh, wait, talk what? about that? I don't know if I'm going to get like, shot or something oh. like that. I don't want to get. Um, <laughs> apparently, my house belonged to some like Colombian like cocaine smuggler type thing. I don't know. That's- my parents told me that like once they bought the house, that like they kept getting like visits from like police and like FBI asking for this dude. Oh yeah, they'll buy. They would buy houses they because they had nowhere to put their money. Like seriously, like they would have so much money, they'd be like, they'd tell their neighbors, "Hey, I'll pay you ten thousand dollars a month if you could store a hundred thousand dollars for me." Yeah. So, or a million dollars for me. I like, know. I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah, but so that's my story. I do. Rec- I recommend that. I recommend sure, in, case Cowboy, so. dis- in case you disappear tonight. <laughs> no. In case you visit me, his son is probably still alive and he's gonna find me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're gonna say so it's Skinwalker. What I, I want to know is in Chris. <laughs> oh my god! Well, they don't exist here, so no. Oh, okay. no Since, you know, if they say a Skinwalker took me, I'm saying right now they don't exist. Here. <laughs> what if they say a giant uh, cricket took you, stole you? Oh, dude, I would kill voiced. myself. I would give them that honor. It'd be, oh, uh, it would be worse, actually, if it was a grasshopper voiced by Kevin Spacey. <laughs> what I want to... Oh, that's a good what, Christina, what I want to know is um, how important it would, do you think... I know you haven't seen documentary yet, but how important do you think a documentary like this is, especially today? Um, I think it's important, but, like, with anything, you have to take it with a sort of optimi- like a cautious optimism. Of course. And, like, with anything... Um, but I mean, I do think it's important, especially since a lot of people are just looking for something to like kind of look into without having to invest much time into it. So if that makes sense. How like, much kind of... How much faith do you have in Miami, uh, this, this election period, Christine? I, I don't know. I mean, I do <laughs> and I don't. I've gotten yelled at by enough <laughs> Trumpers to um, have very low hopes. But then I'm also thinking that... Um, Miami's pretty chill sometimes, so I hope it comes through. Can only yeah. hope. And I mean, a lot of us are voting. For- uh, here's here here's what is in fact. So we're having the largest turnouts of voters between the ages of eighteen to twenty nine than ever before, and early voting too at that. That's a good thing. So. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I voted. I voted last time I was in Miami, so you know, it felt good. <laughs> So good, so good. <laughs> I, I did, my first time voting, though, I'll be honest. I did it early. In my 29 years, it's my first time voting. That's all that matters. Well, yeah. I, I used to be one of those that would kind of like bash it, saying, oh, it's a rigged system, voting doesn't count. But I mean, the more I've like really researched, it does count. Except that there's a lot of things that are trying to stop you from voting. Like, if it was rigged, they wouldn't stop you from voting. I was gonna say that, um, uh, Christine. Have you seen that like ad that Samuel Jackson on YouTube that was like, um, you know, if voting wasn't important, why are they trying to stop you? Or if your vote didn't count? Oh yeah, I, I saw yeah. it, and then I was like, ooh. I see those billboards yeah. that say that exact same thing. That's been something though that a lot of that they use a lot throughout history. Yeah, that's. I think that was one of the motives for the um, Freedom Summers. I think it was. Yeah. So. 
I, 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 I will. I do want to say though, yeah, like uh, in, in the conception of the show, um, yeah, we, we we're, we're opening left, openly left leaning. I really don't want people to get the wrong idea. I know we, yeah. I um, I may, I may work at a GameStop, but man, I fucking hate. Um, you know, we're in like deep shit when like my job starts posting Euro matters everywhere. You're really so, yes, and like scan here for election, like who's on your ballot and everything like that. This is the same company who. Oh no, you know I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit. Oh yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of divide. I, uh, there's a lot of divide going on, but you see, like, I don't know. You just kind of. It's just really hard because you're. I'm taking in so much. We're in wartime. Well, yeah, I'm taking in so much by an information and misinformation war on social media. So it's really hard to digest everything that's coming at you at all times. <laughs> Yeah, like I was Googling the, I follow like the Trump and Biden polls just to have an idea. And then one of the largest fucking ads came up for Trump at the beginning. And it said, it was like some like, it was like a a clickbait, right? Like purposefully skewing the search. So that way it favored him. So like you would click it. It was like one of the first results. And that reported that shit. I'm like... I, screwing collection information i think that's desperation it is i think that's a very much like they Same thing with um stupid amy coney island bitch like they only rush because they know he's gonna lose that, exactly they, why would they rush on that so quickly so like uh yeah obviously because if he was so well, right now well, right now we're one week away from election day, and this is going to be the most intense, insane. The the mo- this is going to be the biggest cliffhanger of the worst season of life ever. <laughs> Bro, yeah, we're at the uh, disease arc. Oh. We're at the this is like the we're at the we're at the, this is like the the world's worst shonen anime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're waiting on the uh, yeah, how fucked up yeah, the, 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 pick, the turnaround. Be, though, like in the future, though, every every show is going to have like a pandemic season. <laughs> Like a season about like oh twenty twenty, so you just figure that it took place in twenty twenty. <laughs> oh my god! There's like yeah, there's like the uh, a, a vi- there's like a pandemic, and then there's like people like oh crap! Hey, don't download that app. This other country might get your information. <laughs> um, let's talk about some- did remove TikTok? Did they? No, bro. No, okay, they- I think he's gonna do remove TikTok. No, I don't. I think it's they can't get new downloads. Like new people can't. Newcomers to TikTok can't download it. I'm think I'm not sure. They didn't ban it from the country. Like you can still use it. Like you're not gonna like, bust through your. Yeah, house you can still use it. Shoot you down. I know if you had it, you can use it. You know what I'm saying? People. Oh, no. I don't. I don't care. I downloaded it just for that purpose. Yeah, I mean, listen. listen if the Chinese government wants. Um, I don't have anything. If they, I don't. If they want like the memes I have on my thing, you know, or my Simpsons screen caps, go ahead, man. You guys can have it. Like, there's some golden shit in my phone. Go take it. Oh, uh-huh. like there's literally nothing for them to steal from me. Exactly. So. Um, Arlie, let's talk about something less scary. Let's talk about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let's talk. I like how we started off talking about horror shit. Now this is getting depressing. Um, this will be the last episode before the election, which is funny. We won't have one until after. So, 
It's all pray. Okay, oh, so, yeah. It's all my, my last topic, uh, I just literally titled it Arlie's Halloween Binge. And yeah, I made it a point since mm-hmm. October 1st to basically watch, you know, scary or, uh, you know, I like to call it spooky movies. Spooky movies, just basically anything that's just, uh, you know, that light fear but fun type of movies. Mostly Disney kind of mm-hmm. did uh, so much with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I would watch movies like. Hocus Pocus, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, what is it? Oh, I just watched Scream today, actually. And yeah, oh, that you know what? I appreciate Scream a lot because it's like a very, uh, it's so it's meta and it's not <laughs> kind of like Cabin in the Woods. Christine, you gotta watch Scream. You gotta watch Scream. It's like literally. Um, clueless meets like a horror film. yeah but it's like but it's so aware it's like kind of aware that it wants to be a horror film <laughs> because they take they they consciously take nods from other horror films it's a great thing it's a great thing really they use it they do well what are the other highlights what are the other highlights of your marathon um, or anything like that uh, what, what, let me ask you this actually what's something that you that that you got uh, put on that normally you you wouldn't have or you never really paid attention to before that you recommend someone check out because they might not know about it uh whew. i was just watching this movie these two movies like back to back um this is for Christine because I know she's very curious about. Horror Look, movies. I I just got into like horror movies like a few years ago, and now I'm really like appreciating it. So, um, so there was these two movies I saw back to back. It was called The Lodge, mm-hmm. and then it was directed by this. Uh, I think it's a couple. I'm not sure. This Austrian couple, Severine Fiala and Veronica Franz. They directed this movie called The Lodge, which starred. Uh, well, it didn't really star anyone I knew except for a very older Alicia Silverstone. Um, Speaking of clothes. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> another movie called Good Night, Mommy, which came out in 2014 by the same directors. So both movies are basically the way. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. But the little, the subtle thing I'll say about both movies and they're trying to say is, fuck them kids. That's that's as simple as I'll tell you. But it is literally like, it is a very demented and uncomfortable type of like horror that just comes from a very like bizarre imaginations of the minds of children, if you will. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it's not... And I say it's not like it. Uh, it's not metaphysical. It's not so fantasy-like. It is very grounded, and it's a very interesting type of horror. Um, yeah, that was a very like unique set of movies that I saw. Kind of, you know, kind of messed with my head. Uh, I like it. I like it when it messes with my head like that. <laughs> uh, Christine, I know you're. You're you're very like non horror like we said, but is there anything uh, horror adjacent that you 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 like or that you would want to recommend? Um, like in movies or just in general? In general, because I know you. I know it's not your thing. Like I know it's not your thing, but is, yeah, is there anything that you could that that that's like adjacent to it? That's sort of like in that realm that you 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 could appreciate. Um, 
Not really, because now that I think about it, not a lot of the movies or anything like that that I watch are really like explicitly horror, like meant for like um, like Halloweeny. Like, oh, yeah, but what about like Halloween style movies? Like you know where the theme is Halloween. It's all about the spirit of Halloween, like Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Hocus Pocus are see, good examples of those. I grew up and I was not. I grew up and I was not allowed to celebrate Halloween. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, I don't, don't really have a lot of experience. I really liked Halloweeny though. Like the the Frankenweenie? No, Frankenweenie. I actually yeah. have not seen that one. Oh, I also yeah. watched Beetlejuice. It's a very fun movie yeah. to watch too for Halloween. Yeah, Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice is such too. a great movie. Such a fun movie. It spooked me out a lot when I I mean it spooked me out when I was a kid though, I'm not gonna lie. Because I was like, oh, it's so dark. It was so it's dark okay. how they die. But it's like, when I grew up, I'm like, it's actually quite funny and dark how they die <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> it's all because after. Well, like Edward. Oh, Peter. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which Edward Scissorhands. It's like a Christmas movie. It is, movie yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's like spooky. It's like dark. You can like watch it. with, with like a dark Christmas. Yeah. Okay, but I um, I love I love the kind funny. of the the lenses you see like when you watch when you attribute like elements of real life into like these movies like or like horror movies even I've noticed a thing about uh, you could draw parallels of real life to any like uh, fantasy fantastical uh, elements of any horror movies. So with the movie, uh, yeah. another thing we were watching we were rewatching the. Um, Haunting of Hill House, which is on Netflix. Uh, it was really good, actually. Like, it was creepy. It didn't have as much scares to me as I thought it would. But the story itself, wow. Like, it's a very good story and incredible acting. And CJ, you would appreciate one of the episodes that takes place, like, during um, at a funeral home for a eulogy there's a whole like one shot take that like lasts like over 10 minutes oh. it's so great oh. Oh. because it's all about the acting and the rich oh. acting and it's so it was i recommend that show honestly for just its writing and cast like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's funny though i have not it's a shame i set out to watch a bunch of horror stuff but i just haven't found the time just because we're in the rush of like the holidays and I've been, you know, either working both like in retail and in, you know, yeah. like at, at this, it's fall. So games are like Ooh. at their like, like, you know, I got to pay attention. So the closest I watched was Hubie Halloween. Cause I love Adam Sandler. Cause, you know, I have not seen that um, one. Pretty fun time. Hey, look, it harkens back to that golden era Sandler stuff, like uh, Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. <laughs> um, it feels like his like big MCU movie because it's like everyone's in it. Bro. Um, Steve Buscemi's in it. Um, they who uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. Kevin James is in it. Uh, Rob Schneider's in it. Oh, I want. I don't even know. Crap, dude! Like he plays the same guy in every movie he's in. Where Robert Schmeigel should have been in it, I think that would have been quite. No, David Spade. I'm going to spoil that now. Just no, no. David Spade is nowhere near this movie. Um, Tim Meadows is in this movie. Okay. Maya Rudolph's Maya Rudolph's in this movie, and I have a theory as to why. I think like Paul Thomas Anderson, his his her her husband, like kind of pushes her to do these Adam Sandler movies just so him and Adam Sandler can hang out. What do you mean? That's the one theory, didn't they work? Based on a, I mean, even though they worked on a movie together a very long time ago. I think they're friends. 
You, no, like they have bro. to be best. I'm sure they're best. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure him, Paul Thomas Anderson and Adam Sandler are like buds. That's what I'm saying. They hang out. Uh, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure he just wants an excuse to really go hang out with him like, <laughs> outside of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the closest I've watched. And it's, it's kind of a shame. I didn't get to watch any horror. I really wanted to rewatch The Thing because um, I really love that movie. I really wanted to rewatch um, The Shining because I, ha- I have the Blu-ray. Um, I really wanted to watch um, stuff. Like, I wanted to watch TV shows, too. Like, I wanted I wanted to start up, like, Lovecraft County, but I never got around, around to watching it. Stuff like that. Um, and I feel bad, but... Yeah, it's life. I mean, I don't have to watch horror stuff only on Halloween. Yeah. Anyway, Christine, 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 Christine. You brought like three very diverse topics. And I changed one of them halfway through. I'm sorry? I like changed one of them halfway through. I know. I was watching like the doc like live <laughs> as it's changing. I have it open on another tab. Um, so I guess we, you would, uh, I'll let you choose what you want to bring up first then, you know, if, if you want to like, is there that a specific, specific order? Um, no, I mean, the order I have it up is pretty much fine. Okay, so you have this, okay, so it's this is a TV show, what, the, okay, so it's The Revolution, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's an, it's a French show, but I don't feel like saying it in French. So. That's fine, so that's the name of the show, is The Revolution? Yes, but in French. Alright. Okay. <laughs> all right, so... I just don't feel like, like pronouncing it. Alright, or what was the point of all those French classes in high school and college, then? Listen... My teachers made fun of my accent, and I don't want to get wrecked on here, too. So, <laughs> All right. So can you tell me a little bit about the show? So it's on Netflix. Can you tell me a little bit about the show? Is it And, and it's the similarities to anything else? I'm sorry? It's scary. Okay. So explain it. Like, what's the premise of it? What's the, the long it's line? So, so I still don't know. I'm on the first episode. <laughs> okay. Um, But it's essentially like... I think it's like a year or a few months leading up to the French Revolution. Let me let me Google it because I saw the first episode, but it doesn't really expose much. So it follows um, the guy who invented the guillotine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a doctor. I, I don't know. His last name is Guillotine, so I'm assuming and like deducing that it's the same guillotine guy. I don't know. And don't quote me on that. Um and then, like, there's, like, this murder of this, like, serpent girl or something like that by what they think it, it to be, like, cannibals, like, French cannibals, right? Which is actually part of, like, a lot of the lore of the French Revolution. Um, so it's, like, this, like, suspenseful thing. Like, it's not exactly scary. Like, you don't really see much of it. Look, I already I Googled it. It says, in a reimagined history of the French Revolution... Joseph Guillotine discovers that a virus is spreading among the nobility that causes them to murder commoners. So it's all in French. And I don't know why, but all these French drama shows go so hard with their music. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, I, like Versailles did it too. Who does what this? You mean, as in, is it, is it know, like really good or it's like so in your face? No, it's like really good. It like mixes classical music with like electronic music. Oh, it's like okay. really good. Okay. And like, like I said, we're it too, in the sense where it's like techno classical music, like you know, with like the strings and all of that. Um, let me let me Google. Um, who does it? And then I started watching it, and it's very dark. Um, Todd Daniels, the one. Who, let me let me see. 
So it's very dark and it gives me a lot of the like the Versailles vibes, not only because it also takes place in Versailles, mm-hmm. but um, it's just really good. I started it. It's scary. Um, but I haven't gotten to anything like explicitly scary yet. Yeah, so fair. I don't know. Um, but it's just good. Um, let me see. We did the soundtrack. Um, but I, I mean, I like it so far. I want to see where it goes. I just hope it doesn't get stupid. Like the opening scene, it's like, it's, it's good. Like you get like this, like, um, like girl riding in like a white horse, like covered in blood. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like shooting down like this French noble, nobleman. Right, like you know, with the wig and all of that, and like she kills him, but instead of his blood ble- being like dark red, it's black. So I don't know. It looks pretty, pretty cool. It's very stylized, then. What do you mean? Like, is there like it, there, it? How's the style of it? Like, is it very like stylistic, or is it very like traditional period stuff? No, no, no. It's it's stylistic. Like it's it doesn't look like boring. I guess okay. makes sense. Like, like it's like one of those instances where like the story kind of outdates what you're looking at. Mm, okay so the story's more modern than what you're looking at um but it's really good and i mean i'm I'm looking forward to it um it's all released on netflix obviously um who had the show beforehand is it a netflix original from another i think so but it's produced in france okay so it's like french produced like versailles was um produced by a french was it versailles british though no, okay. I don't think so. Okay. No, I, I, I think the third se- the third season was picked up by the BBC. Okay. I think. Alright. Um, interesting, interesting. But yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's just really good. Okay, that's interesting. I probably won't watch it because I'm very bad at period pieces. I think I, I'm just like But it's broken. not I think you actually might like it. Because it's like kinda like suspenseful, like zombie type thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know if they're zombies. I'm like you know, but like I think you'll like it. It reminds me of like a, a really good video game. Okay, fine. So yeah, fine. I'll 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 bite. <laughs> I'll bite. Natural drama. Okay. Starring Dodo Masca. Okay. French hip hop artist and actor. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, I mean, I'm obviously watching it in French because it was. It's filmed in French, but it comes with yeah, kinda, British. I kind of like seeing stuff thingy. in like their original language. I'll read the subtitles. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I kind of understand them, so I'm just like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Dubs have always bothered me, except like depends on the anime. <laughs> it does depend on the anime. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like Cowboy Bebop needs to be. It actually was kind of meant for to be in English. Yeah. Duh. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy guillotine is the one who invents the guillotine. Wait, wait, that's the heads will roll. Uh, Boom. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, it's good. It just came out. I don't even know. Like the the thumbnail was like really like it, it's what really caught my eye because I was looking at it on Netflix and it looks really good. Okay. Um, and it's right. overly French, so it's not it's overly not like, French. No, like you know, like the lore of the French Revolution is like overly French, like really overly French. It's not. 
besides for the fact that it's filmed in French. So. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. All right. It's not like very patriotic. <laughs> yes. I don't know. But yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about then your other thing. Your other things are like nothing that we anyone's ever talked talked about. I love how you put like the very specific like <laughs> thing. So you want to go with your next topic then? Yeah, the ideological dissonance is real right now. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> so this is not like related to anything, but like I got some shrimps for my tank, and I'm so happy. <laughs> you got well, shrimps. They're really good pets. Yeah, they're like ghost shrimp, so they're clear. And I had set up my tank, but then like I had escaped my tank so beautifully, and then my betta fish died. So I'm like, all right. And it's not because I was a bad owner. I checked the water. Don't come for me. Like you come for people on TikTok with pet, with betta fish. Um, he was. I think he just like he was a pet smart fish. So I think that's why. Um, but dude, they're just like vibing. Like they're forty cents, and they like they're just vibing. Like I love them, and I just got them. They make me so happy. I have nothing to look forward to. I get that, I guess. But I... they're really good, so you can't touch them. But they they just chill, like sea monkeys. So yeah, that's. I just I just felt like I needed to say that. But okay, so what I'm curious, so like sea monkeys, basically. So what do they do? I'm curious. Like, can you run me through the day of a of a shrimp then? Of like what you do well, with I the just... shrimp caught them but like i fed them today and like one of them swam all the way to the top of the tank and literally like yanked all the pebbles down and i'm like all right they kind of just like they just chill like they just walk around and then they stop and they walk again and they stop and they walk again (laughs) and they grow so like they molt so yeah (laughs) i love that that was funny and then depending on what you feed them, since they're clear, like the color changes in their stomach. So uh, it's pretty cool. So if you give them Skittles, so they become like rainbows. You could give them zucchini. Okay. I'm going to try that. So I'm curious then, like, are you going to send me like 50 billion pictures of these shrimp every time they do something like significant? No, because my, my camera never picks them up oh, okay. because they're clear. You got to Photoshop so. them in. <laughs> you spared yourself that. <laughs> um... Okay, and then up next, this is the one I'm very curious to hear about. You wrote your, uh, you wrote like the your, a project you're working on. Can you explain? Yeah, that? this one's a lot more interesting. It's not like the shrimp was kind of like I just felt like I just put that out there. Okay, everyone, okay, Christine so- got shrimp. That's gonna be the title of the episode. Dude, they're only thirty nine cents. How amazing! I'm gonna tie dye them. I'm gonna put them in like no, actually no, it's animal abuse. Never mind. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um. Okay, so since we're on the topic of spooky things, and I had mentioned it earlier, I had no idea what I got myself into when I chose this research project topic. So I chose, um, which I mentioned, I think, a while ago on here, do not get inspired by historical TV shows and do not follow them for res- like academic research projects. You will regret it. Um, so I was inspired by Versailles, the show, to do my research paper on this thing called like the affair of the poisons which was basically like a whole bunch of rich people like doing like brujeria and witchcraft and killing each other <laughs> i didn't know that it went borderline with like satanism yeah. I, oh, wow. I did not okay. know um, 
I'm starting to look through my sources and then I'm reading through them and then it starts just like explaining like this like sacrifice of like babies and stuff like that and I'm like all right bet so you know I kept reading um and I'm pretty sure I've like conjured some like otherworldly type thing because I just like I would read like their testimonies so they're like supposed testimonies of what like these people would do in witchcraft I guess so I think I like conjured something up by reading them accidentally so um I mean I'm okay but like sorry about it have you ever seen the movie The Witch like no, because no. I because it's I'm, it def- takes place and it's a horror movie, yes, but it takes place in that time period of like early like mid sixteen hundreds, early pilgrims coming to the new world, and it deals yeah with like the uh, witchcraft, if you will, but like sort of like uh, an absence of knowledge, but it's all tied into you know satanic rituals and whatnot, uh, and. I have not. And there's one character that tells, like, another character in the most creepiest way, you know, like, the offer to, like, make them a witch. It's like, what's what's thou like to live deliciously? Would you like the taste of butter? And shit like that. Like, it would be like, how would you like to live the good life and live forever and live free of your of these laws and restrictions placed upon you by the man? So it's it's that sort of ideology <laughs> that goes in place with what you're with like the ritualistic the rituals of like the that that go on, gone on before it. and I don't know witchcraft is a very I know not I don't know much about it but I do know yeah there are they do believe it to be like a form of like satanism but it's not necessarily defiant of the bible it's just like it's their own sort of heathen ideals that makes sense, right? Right. Christine, can I, I don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna ask you, like, okay, so then, how far do you believe in this stuff? <sighs> like myself. Oh, what? Like, let me ask you that without, in a way, say it in a way where, just in case, like, you met, you upset someone, you won't curse the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I personally do not have any experience with it, but I don't dismiss it either. Okay. Is that fair? Yes. I guess. Well, I mean, I, I think you shouldn't dismiss anything. I, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, okay. Like, I do not have enough to speak about it. I mean, now if we're discussing if this actually happened in real life, I, to some extent, I do think so. If what happened, like, in accordance to witchcraft is real, no, I don't think, you know, like, it did happen. Um, But I do think, like, the accusations and the events did happen if that makes sense i feel like there's a lot that um could be explained now like with modern science that could explain a lot of what was going on um and just a general like misunderstanding of everything but um i do not i don't dismiss it like i don't you know i i can't i don't know much about it i've never had an experience with it to say yes or no so I get that. Okay, so then, what are you what are you afraid of? Like that your research will lead then to, or what are you what are you hoping? I feel I'm gonna get roasted by all these French historians. That's what I'm scared of. (laughs) 
yell at me. In the, <laughs> in the historical community, what is what a topic like this? How is it seen? How's it perceived? Um, okay, my main fear is I I hope I do it justice that I don't accidentally like omit some important things. But the the way I'm taking it is more from like not if it was real, but like a social and cultural impact, and like that's honestly like a lot of the focus now in like historical academia. Mm-hmm. like social impact and um i'm also thinking about it like in a way of like misogynistic things yes so like why this lady was burnt at the stake while her same counterpart who was also a witch but was male um just got to do forced labor so like that kind of perception um i do think there is a lot more scholarship on that sort of stuff on my topic there isn't i think the most recent scholarship is from like 2007 so in a way i guess this would be like my paper would kind of be the new version of like whatever you know like a new addition to it yes in a way but i hope it doesn't gain much attention because like i said i don't want to get roasted like i am just a college student i am trying to get an a so i can graduate (laughs) (laughs) um But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has shifted from, like in general, from not asking if it was real, but asking rather like the implications and how people reacted to it and what it did. So I think I'm fine either way. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So yeah. Is there anything else you want to add about it? Anything interesting then like that that you'd want to like educate someone on? Um, yeah, a lot of the witchcraft that was being done wasn't even for money or anything. It was for love. It was kind of boring. <laughs> okay. I personally wouldn't. I mean, my person, personally. But anyway. That's interesting. That, I again, like, I, I guess it, in a way you don't want to mess with certain things. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say too much. Yeah, I get it. Don't want to. I also don't want to like open that up because I don't know how people will interpret it. So okay, makes sense. But it's interesting. I'm glad you, you brought something, like, especially for the season. You know what I'm saying? The sort of like spoopy, spoopy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that. So witchcraft. Um, I'm not doing the people, the like Louis the Fourteenth any justice, and I'm so sorry. Are you gonna start like doing your own witchcraft? You're gonna start like getting like a candle, melting no, it into a. No, you're not gonna get a Ouija board. You better watch out. No, I mean, if I knew somebody I could trust, yeah, like relax. If I knew somebody that I could trust who could teach me how to do it, I would do it, but I would not take it on by myself. That makes sense. Like, no. We're gonna live stream. We're gonna live stream a seance. (laughs) Oh my god, we'll do it on Bella since she's so psycho. (laughs) Oh my god, poor thing. Yeah, she popped off her collar today. She was walking around naked. Bella's my dog, by the way. Yes. <laughs> main character of the podcast. She, she she is the main character in life, okay? <laughs> All right, Christina, that was actually pretty interesting. You gave us like a really quick history lesson about something I knew nothing about. Um, I didn't know about it either, to be fair. <laughs> okay. You, you just, you just, you just like said this like random shit, hoping it landed. <laughs> I, I Googled random shit on Wiki and I found it. Okay. Um, so let me bring up my three topics. Um, None of them are video game related. Huh. What a surprise. Uh, but 
they're, <laughs> they're all very interesting. They're all pretty like relevant and and timely. So I'm just going to start with um my first thing. Uh, HBO Max is an underrated streaming service. By the way, they have some good shit on there. And recently they just premiered. Um, I they're oh, shout out to them. I haven't had to pay for a Criterion subscription for my class. Very true. Also, um, I'll, and they they provide like, hey, Christine's coming over. Let's watch Impractical Jokers for a few hours. <laughs> anyway, um, they recently added uh, American Utopia, uh, which is a live recording of a Broadway uh, musical that David Byrne, lead singer of Talking Heads, um, produced based on an album he released back in 2018 of the same name. So this is directed by Spike Lee. And I don't, the way to describe this show is um, David Byrne. He's kind of a weird dude. I don't know if you guys listen to talking heads or you just know about David Byrne in general. He is kind of out there, but I think he's like one of these like genius, like artists and like, I'll, I'll follow him to the end of the earth to see what he does. I can't describe the story of the show because they're very. There isn't a story. There's more like the string of ideas about how humans came to be and everything. That's more or less what the the album is about, American Utopia, where it's just a sort of. It goes through like the like the events of a day and like the life of like people in the United States um, and our way of thinking and the way we evolve. And this show is very much like that. It starts out with David Byrne holding a prop brain describing different parts of the brain and what they do um he sings a lot of songs from that album he sings a lot of songs from other older talking head songs obviously once in a lifetime is there burning them the house is there um punching i was born under punches is is, is that's what the song's called um it's on there and overall i like the show there's like this one main gimmick that I don't want to spoil, that that kind of like absolutely blew me away. There's very few times where I, I watch something and I immediately want to watch it over again. Like, and, and I loved it. And to a point, uh, American Utopia, the album's very important to me because back when I was in college uh, for my paper, I got that album early to review. I never wrote the review on it, but I listened to it on a flight to New York and I ended up loving it. Um, so I recommend that. David Burns' American Utopia. I'm just going to go through these quick because I know I'm like, this is like the one pretentious section. Um, up next, I have um, Letter to You, which is Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band's new album. Um, He's still alive? <laughs> yes. You're kidding? He's still active. He released an album last How year. How old is he? He is. Let's check. Bruce Springsteen. Okay, I have a lot to say about Springsteen. You're, 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 you're all going to have to listen to it. Um, I Let's look it up. Look him up. Springsteen is... He is 71. Hmm. Wow, so Bruce nice. Springsteen. So, Bruce Springsteen is a a very special artist to me because uh, when my dad immigrated to the United States um, in the eighties, in the mid eighties, uh, when he went to New York, these are one of the first. He, Springsteen was one of the first artists that really like had an effect on him, a profound effect. And I think that's true of a lot of immigrants. Um, the first thing a lot of people gra- grasp to when they come to the United States is. Uh, our pop culture right and you know you watch a lot you hear a lot about how people were like when they first go to new york they notice how completely different it is from different countries right there's like these large ads blowing up in your face there's a lot of music there's a lot of like different cultures and everything and it all culminates Springsteen was that um for him and for a lot of people he is and for those who don't know he is the sort of voice to the voiceless whether you're the working class whether you're someone who can't speak whether you're heartbroken there, there's usually a Springsteen song for it um, in his 
almost 40 plus no even like almost 50 year career he's had some sort of like song about the the american working class or the american heartbroken um in my opinion he is arguably one of the most one of the most important like figures in the american music canon um that's yeah and i think it's i think to him i think i put him like on like that sort of like uh pantheon of like if i was gonna do a mount rushmore of american songwriters he'd be on there um especially for like, i always tell christine if you like bands like the killers they wouldn't exist without springsteen like they wouldn't there, there wouldn't there would be no sort of like modern americana scene without springsteen this sort of like idea like the sort of and he again he's one of the most obviously misconstrued artists of all time everyone thinks that born in the usa is this song about patriotism it is not it's quite the opposite <laughs> fucking idiots trump like shut the fuck up <laughs> god um you know the the right people lo- the wrong people love him like chris christie um why the hell do you love an artist who hates your guts so much um it, it's things like that so with with Bruce Springsteen, he is, and he, it's 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 interesting because he's also one of the few legacy artists, you know, artists that have been around for like way longer than they probably should. Um, that's making modern music that I that's genuinely good. He's actually trying. He's not just phoning in. It's very hard for a lot of artists like that. Like you know, the Rolling Stones and ACDC release modern, new music. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Springsteen, there's, there's like there's a lot of heart to it. Um, so last year he released a country western album called Western Sky, uh, Western Skies, I believe, or Western Stars. Let me pull it up really quickly just so I get the name right. Which was a very good, very mellow album. Um, it's called Yes Western Stars. It's a, it, it is very much like a country pop, a very roots um, album about the American West, and I really liked it. So this album, Letter to You, is the first one with him and his backing band since 2014, the E Street Band, and it really does harken back to a lot of the stuff I like from the from the 70s and 80s stuff it is about mortality it's about aging especially you know now he's like he's 71 years old and he is in a position now where he's lived the full life he's a he's not only an artist he's also like a an activist he's also an icon again like i said he is he's Bruce springsteen at this point and this album really tackled a lot of it while delivering the sound that doesn't sound like Oh, he's just kind of playing to like his what he knows. No, he 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 is, but it's it's in a way where it's just like he's back home, if that makes sense. Like this is this is a a Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band album, but it's also a good Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band album. It is arguably his peak in like the last like twenty years of of him making of him making it's his best album and since since I want to say Tunnel of Love back in like the early eighties. Um, so my question to you two, I want to ask, is there anyone, there's two questions I want to ask. First off, if you had to give one artist that deserves to be like talked about in the sort of American music canon, who would you pick? And then I guess the other one is, is there any sort of legacy artist that you're still willing to listen to regardless of like what they've released? Um, and I'm going to throw it to you, Christine. Is there, uh-huh. who, who would you put in that canon? Of like great American uh, artists. First of all, fuck Lana Del Rey. Okay. We don't stand it anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, now I think about it, like what somebody that could release an album and I'll just like basically listen to it no matter what. Well, okay, so that this one, like an, an artist who's been making music forever, seemingly forever, right? 
they could mm-hmm. drop something and it, 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 you, you'd still listen to it with that sort of same appreciation as like their, their, their early, like better stuff or great stuff. Okay. Um, I would definitely say Marina the Diamonds then. Okay. She deserves the hype Lana Del Rey got. <laughs> okay. She does. Um, she's weirdly in tune with like American culture despite being born in, I think, Wales. Like she's Welsh or something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she's spoken up on a lot of social issues before it was popular too. Um so I think she kind of deserves it. And a lot of what she's put out recently hasn't been that, like, it hasn't been bad. Mm-hmm. It's consistent with her sound, but it's something that's kind of, like, fresh. So I definitely think she deserves a lot more of the, like, a lot more hype than what she gets. Um, and what was the second question? Um, who is, who would you put, like, in these sort of, like, last, I guess, 50 to 60 years of american music who is in the canon of like good songwriters and great musicians as far as pop um, music goes like popular music goes don't fucking put your yo-yo ma <laughs> be boring. Uh, i would either say somewhere between like fallout boy okay or like yeah mm. the killers okay okay yeah just because fallout boy does have a lot of hits that like are like synonymous with like the 2010s and 2000s so hey man they put chicago on the map for a while like they, they were you know what i'm saying like they were they were there they, for a while. Yeah. um okay um arlie then so to your point if there's is there a legacy artist an artist for like who's been making music for pat plus 25 plus years that you listen to regardless of what they're today oh so they have to be like alive and st- probably not together but still alive ish making music Still yeah, making yeah. music, yeah. Man, if they got John Frusciani back in the band, I would love to hear a new Red Hot Chili Peppers album with Frusciani in the in the <laughs> okay. band because they they just they were magical together when like the albums like By the Way and Californication came out. That was, and then even um, uh, Stadium Arcadium was a freaking epic epic album of like that is a sort of like what's the word like yeah it was it it had so many great songs on that album and i listened to their recent songs i mean they're good and their new albums are good you know their new guitarist i can't remember his name right now i mean he's good but he's no john frusciani that dude carried a sort of like soul in his guitar the way he played and he was also just he helped write a lot of the music. It was just, I don't know, there was great chemistry at the time. And But if they if that would come back together and drop a new album, day one, I would go buy that CD. Um, and, then, and then who is on your, your canon? Yeah, like the canon and great American songwriters. Do, do they have to be alive? No. Great American songwriters. Shit. Yeah, because everyone puts Bob Dylan, everyone puts uh, okay. Brian Wilson, everyone puts... Uh, if, we're, if we're talking about... It, it's all relevant to the times that it was. Like, John Fogarty was very relevant to, like, the era of, like, Vietnam yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
but I guess I would say actually I put CCR as like the greatest uh, American classic rock. Yeah, because like, but then you got Jimi Hendrix. I think he wasn't a songwriter, but he was an amazing musician, extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had, I would say, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I just saw a video. I just saw a video that I, you know, I go and check it out from time to time because this is a very very funny video to me. It's literally a. Uh, a one minute of Michael Jackson literally just standing still on stage and a, a stadium filled of women screaming their hearts out. One girl straight, like, has to be carried out on a stretcher because she fainted. Imagine paying hundreds of dollars to, like, sit in the front row of a Michael Jackson concert and have to get taken to the hospital before he even opens his mouth. Like... <laughs> The hype, the hype that this man carried during his prime was like something un, like only ever heard of from the Beatles, you know, like it's, but Michael Jackson, I would say he is probably the most, one of the most, you know, all, all controversies aside, he is one of the most, um, in significant and impactful artists, American artists to have ever been in the biz all right that's my take all right all right he made that he made thriller yeah that's the okay let's not (laughs) (laughs) but uh, let's do let's do my last thing of the night um this is also going to be very like um it's we we, a lot of a very political show um i'm kind of happy um about it because you know my my next topic is uh is very political, but then like in a way that Christine will probably groan. Um, that okay. is of course, and I have the and I wait. I have to say it right. I have to say the name. Just found out what the full name I was, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. All right, <clears throat> ready. So my next topic is on uh, Friday night. I watched Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bride to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Uh, it is the sequel to 2006's Borat cultural learnings of America for make benefit of glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Um, so Sasha Baron Cohen, arguably the, one of the greatest modern comedic minds ever. One of the smartest, one of the, these like leading people. In comedy, he's I think ballsy I think. as hell. Bravest, arguably too. Um, so I'm not going to talk about this film a lot, simply because I don't want to spoil. Like I, again, it's one of those you really have to go in blind. And I know most jokes are probably already yeah. online. But you saw um, you saw the one I sent you, right? You saw that one I sent you. I mean, I I retweeted it. Um, yes, where he gets break here. Yeah, I was literally run. hearing about that, like. Earlier today, I was watching it on Stephen Colbert. Like Sasha, Sasha Van Cohen was talking to Stephen Colbert about that very scene about what was going on, and about how he like, uh, you know, for him the jig was up. Like people found out who he was. It's like, oh shit! All right, all right, I'm out of here. And he goes to his trailer and he starts freaking like rock, rocking on his trailer and stuff. Oh my god, that was like the only time he broke character. But like that's not even in the film. That's Christine, like, let me let me break the scene down for you. Let me break the scene down for you, just because like. Um, so there's a scene in the movie where he's like, he's at a, he's at a, a show in the, in DC, is it? No, it's in Washington or, state or in actually. Okay, so he's in Washington state and he It's a is, gun rally, mind you. Um, he explained he was at a gun rally, yes, he's at a rally in Washington state. Um, and 
Yeah. Okay. Go on, CJ. Set the stage. And he he is, he sings a country like he sings like a country western style song, and this guy is obviously about <laughs> the the coronavirus and how he and how he wants to like you know, it, it, like like he, he wants to commit war yeah, crimes. There was literally something along the lines. The song was called Wuhan Flu, and it was just basically about how. Uh, yeah, about how coronavirus is a hoax. Oh, but the the, the, gr- the great thing is the fact that Sasha Baron Cohen is playing a Borat who is pretending to be an American country singer. Like it's it goes two levels there. So like he's singing that he's he's doing singing that song to a bunch of gun toting right wingers who. Loving are it. so like in love with the message they love this message they're chanting these horrific racist things so that's why what people need to understand sasha Cohen isn't isn't like this he's not this like like asshole racist dude he essentially gives these other people an outlet to say what they want to expose them for what they are so borat the character is very anti-semitic yeah, he's, because he tries to speak their language semites when anti-semites Get they, he what he does is he goes he talks to anti-Semitic people, essentially racist people, and he gets them so comfortable that they'll say whatever they want. There is and I and I am astounded by how there are people in our they're either running our country or people who make up a good population or a good chunk of the country are saying these horrifying things. Um, famously, the Rudy Giuliani scene uh, in an interview with Good Morning America, he talked about how like. There are probably other young female journalists that are probably groped by fucking Rudy and it's this whole disgusting. But it's funny, you know. There's belly laughs. There's also moments where you're just cringing horrifically. Um, But in a way, like it it is, it's eye opening. It's like um, Christine, you saw Jojo Rabbit, right? Um, yeah, part of it. Okay, so you like, you know, you see the irony in a Jewish guy playing Hitler. Mm -hmm. So. Imagine it again, a Jewish guy in playing like uh, an anti-Semitic, like like ignorant uh, tourist coming to America, like just asking people like, the stupidest shit. Um, it, it's it I, again. I don't want to say much, just because I don't want to spoil the the jokes. Yeah. I don't want to spoil like what makes it great. But it is one of the greatest movies of this year, hands down. One of the fun. I don't know if it's better than the first one. I rewatched the first one re- like like just today, and I really. Um, like I mean, like, I love the first it, one, but this it, one was this, more cohesive, if you ask me. Well, yeah. this one had an actual story. Borat stuff. Oh, let me say her name. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, starring Maria. Uh, was it Bakalova? She plays yeah. his like in, in his fictional daughter. Um, and she's great in it. She gives such a good per- like. Awards worthy performance, by the way. Basically, like this being is Sasha actual, Baron Cohen. Like, that's great. Exactly. She has to she she pulls like double duty playing like a character and then also playing another character. Um it is a it's something special. I think that I'm happy that a movie like this exists, especially now. Um, you know, you you it came out like an election time early. You're talking about a documentary mm-hmm. on like on HBO uh, Max. Election. So like I feel like this Exactly. Um, Christine, I want to ask then, how important do you think it is that we get sort of like, and I know you were, you were apprehensive about it when I, when I, because you, you never, you never watched the Borat film, but you, um, you, you know, you're kind of apprehensive in the way I described it. I kind of want to ask then, how, th- these sort of like satires, you know, in the same way Jojo Rabbit or a few years back, Django Unchained, what do you think of them, especially now in very contentious, like 
political like uh, climates or periods? Um, I do think, unfortunately, though, at least for right wings, you can't really change their mind. Of course, you know? yes. I feel like they're so like in their own bubble that things like this won't actually do anything for them. But I do think for anybody who is on the fence, maybe, I don't think it'll make anything significant, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will change much. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Christine. No, no. I mean, I just want to mention, I feel like it's kind of like that same, like, aha type thing on Twitter with people roasting Trump. Okay. But, But this is my counter, my counterpoint. Um, a lot of the people aren't really interested, at least from the, like you know, the right side. And I'm not saying that like people aren't interested in this, particularly like across the board. But a lot of people, unfortunately, aren't interested so much in the policies of each candidate. Um, I feel like a lot of them go to these sort of movies for a kind of or like media for a kind of this is why I'm voting and not really doing a fact check on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think in a way it kind of can be dangerous if it was on the wrong side. Um, but I do think it has something to do with the culture and the consumption of like elections and candidates and stuff like that, because I'll admit, I personally too, sometimes don't do my own research, but I think, um, doing this format does kind of help in a sense, but I don't think it's going to convert any like incredibly right leaning people let me tell you something and i and i agree with your point this is this movie isn't meant to change people's minds it, it really isn't it isn't meant to look trump's trump supporters and again i don't care if we fucking like isolate them and fuck them if they're they're gonna come in here and they're gonna see and like oh that's out of context or oh that's that's kind of that's mean that's mean-spirited i remember i had a teacher say oh i don't think it's nice that they catch these people with their pants down and i'm like bullshit don't say fucking racist shit yeah to someone you know what i'm saying but the way yeah. I see it, if this this sort of movie is meant to scare us, you get what I'm saying. So, the three of us are we're a little bit more level headed than I guess most fucking right wing like assholes, right? <laughs> we 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 know the difference between right and wrong. So we watch something like this, and we see there's a scene in which a a a fucking plastic surgeon comments on the appearance of a 15 year old girl and says and implies that she, he wants to have sex with her. So the three of us, that's fucking horrifying. Now. Someone else watching it, you know, again, someone else who isn't as, like, in tune or, in, or just, it's, again, sensitive or sort of, like, has, like, a, 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 a sort of rational thought in their head would be like, oh, whatever, it's what it's whatever thing or whatever. You know, my president says shit like that all the time. I mean, you gotta understand, you gotta understand this, though. This so, is just, like, this is, he took the shock humor. He definitely targeted towards a certain audience because he's, like, what he's doing is he's really just... Like you said, he's letting them speak their mind out. He gets comfortable with them so that they could speak their heart out and their true intention. It's like, all right, I caught you, motherfucker. Like, and it's just he brings it out in a form of humiliation. And honestly, that is the greatest weapon that he's using in this in this scenario. He's using uh, humiliation to his advantage. And uh, Donald Trump coming out and calling Sasha Baron Cohen a creep for this stuff actually kind of furthers the um advertising for the the marketing for the film in a way 
What do you think of that, Christine, then? Some, like, Trump fucking calling out Baron Cohen. Um, he's in no place to <laughs> to talk. Mm-hmm. All these people incriminate themselves. They don't need Sasha Baron Cohen to, to incriminate them or, like, run circles around them. They do it themselves. That's exactly. And I think that's what so, the movie is. Um, and, and Who is America, the show that he did? Fucking vice, former Vice President Dick Cheney signed a waterboard on TV. <laughs> So is that Baron Cohen's fault, or is that Dick Cheney's fault for not realizing? Oh, this is yep. kind of messed up. You oh man, yo, um, yeah. Also, I can't, I, I can't call the vice president anything but Michael Penis anymore. My- Michael Penis. Michael Penis. <laughs> Michael Penis. Because <laughs> the, the whole joke is everyone in this in 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 this movie, like like um, Borat's whole thing is he loves Donald Trump. He respects Donald Trump. So the joke is, this dude's a fucking idiot. That's the, 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 this dude's an idiot because he's in 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 love with this guy who's obviously awful, and he gets to be super comfortable. What is that whole scene where he's asking the, the these like right wing like fucking chuds these the the the, the Q people, the Q the the, the, the Q yeah. people? Yes, there he's there's this, there's literally a sequence where he stays with them for weeks. He's literally living in, in with these people for weeks, and he asks them, "What's more dangerous, Democrats or uh, coronavirus?" And they're like, uh, "Democrats." Yeah. Yes, or no, the, yeah. they make the best. The, the best thing about this movie is that it also tackles how Facebook is obviously awful with their anti, their you know their their anti-Semitism and the Holocaust and all stuff, and they bring that up in this movie too. And I think it, it, it again, this is a movie where he's just exposing awful people. Again, Christine, you have a point. No, the wrong, the the right people, the people who this should be targeting are not going to get it. They're, no, I don't. They're no, not going to get it. Mostly because no, they like. No, I feel like at this point, points. everyone's kind of made up their minds. Exactly. I think, you know, yeah, like, like Christine said, this isn't going to change. This isn't going to change anybody because if you're for Trump, this movie's going to offend the hell out of you. And if you hate Trump, then you're going to like this movie. It's really. It, it, what I were you admit, saying, Christine? Yeah, sorry. No, what were you saying, Christine? Um, I was saying, I've said it before that. Um, which is very difficult, pulling the the morality and everything aside, Trump is trying to retain his his base. I don't think he's really trying to gain exactly. anymore. Exactly. He's trying to rally them up, like psych them up. Now, whereas Biden, I guess in a way, is trying to get more... He's trying to get those disillusioned Trump people. Healed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's one of the strategics that, that is definitely essential because, like I said, Trump is really trying to, to like, you know, oh, my God, for, like, his long-standing followers. Um, but he's not really trying to entice anybody else. So I think that's he's going purely not even on his, like, thinking rationally, not even on his stuff in office, but rather trying to invoke whatever imagery behind him mm-hmm. instead of proving something to the like the people that he does want to convince no, that he, you know. So I think that's one of the key things for sure. I think um, at this point, and man, it's funny how we got to this point, but yeah, like you said, Christine, look, he, 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 he's already won who he needs to win. So now it's just a matter of like just trying to retain that power. Right. Um, right. I want you to, I want like, again, you, you get yelled at by how many Trump supporters a day at your work. I've gotten harassed on text messages before. Can you can you really see someone watching this movie and thinking 
wow, that's that's kind of fucked up that someone would say something like that. Why would you be so anti-Semitic? Why would you say a word like that? Again, I think it would mostly be for people on the fence. You think so? Okay, so how many... I know you haven't seen it. It's probably hard for you to gauge, but then how many do you think this would, like, turn, like, you know, I guess more left-leaning? I think this late in the election, no, not much, personally. Okay. I feel like at this point, you know what you're going for. And if you don't... Yeah, just um, something wrong with you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think if it was the divide was more hazy i definitely think it would be (laughs) but like i think there's like a clear divide on either side so oh yeah there's no line anymore there's very much a like a fucking no man's land exactly um that's interesting i i do think you know this this came out the wrong at the right time um but at the I, wrong time. <laughs> here's the thing. I think it, it's not Co- it's not Cohen's fault. I just think it's going to fall on deaf ears because again, we're in an era where it, 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 this movie brings it up how the first Borat during the Bush administration racism wasn't necessarily as an open thing. Everyone's very quiet about it. Sort of like everyone says Reagan is this great president. No, he was just as bad. He was just he just didn't have Twitter. Um. So that, that's the Bush era. Now you got people marching with tiki torches demanding their rights you know as like and you got kkk members openly endorsing the president so it's a lot harder for him to kind of get that gotcha because people are doing it to themselves mm-hmm. so it's now a thing of like but and then it's a whole rabbit hole of like well yeah whatever this and that you know you're a snowflake pussy whatever <laughs> soy boy you're all this stuff you're just sensitive or in the case of like trump tweeting at baron cohen he's a creep and i'm like no dude you're a creep shut the fuck up but if you're worried about what he's exposing, maybe you shouldn't be ret- like writing on him and look at what he's actually exposing. You know what's funny though? This wasn't the first time that Trump was on Baron Cohen's radar. There is an episode of the Ali G mm-hmm. show where Ali G, another character by, by Baron Cohen, pitches a business to Donald Trump back when he was just a businessman, uh, like a reality show host. Booyakasha! I'm here, at Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I'm here. With- I have to fit the booyakasha in there. Um. So yes, again. Um, we'll close it off by saying, Baron Cohen, you're a hero. I apologize that a lot of people aren't going to get it. Um, you know what I'm saying? At this point, I think it's too late. Christine, you're 100% right. I think that, I think that after next week, we'll see what, ha- I will see whether or not we need satire or not like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I will say though, this is probably the only good Trump humor. I don't know if you agree with me, Arlie. What? If that this movie being like the only good piece of Trump uh, humor that we've gotten in the last four I years. I mean, yeah, because I mean, I know it's a lot of it just feels a little forced. And mm-hmm. honestly, the best way to parody him is to literally just replay what he says. Yeah. What do you think of that, Christina? Um, I guess. He's his own satire. No, but I'm. <laughs> what like I, I, well, like because I remember you were telling me that you don't you don't really find a lot of like Trump humor either funny either which I agree with you I think it's all fucking so horrible I think that people bored. check marks on Twitter going like he's a Cheeto there's a Cheeto in the White got- Christine did you know there's a Cheeto in the White House uh, did you know there's a yeah. Cheeto he has tiny hands Christine isn't that funny oh, have to compare him to a Cheeto man I like Cheetos <laughs> um I feel like Cheddar chips, bro. Like nobody likes those. He's a he has tiny hands. If we call him Drum for the next four years, but you know what the sad thing is? You know what the sad thing is? It probably does affect him a lot. Oh yeah, because he has the ego. He's a fucking. 
He's a little fucking that's geek. A, that's a funny thing. They, that's the thing, but like, I don't know. All I know is, uh, we have social media to plug. Christine, where can people find? I'm curious. The, do you do you have any projects you're working on that you could like that people could check out? Because I know you work directly with like your uh, your. Um, I don't want to incriminate myself, so no. Yeah, you're right. You don't want people doxing you. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, my I, I I guess my phone number is already on like a Republican hate list, so I don't want to. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, where can people find you then? <laughs> where can people find you then? I don't use it much, but like at Scarlet Marked on Twitter. All right, um, Arlie, where can people find you? Oh, at Sir Fonsley on Twitter. Come fight me. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still have access to my Twitter on November 3rd if Trump gets elected or not or right. if like, I have to have my, my owners sign a waiver so we'll see right. remember guys Christine was not taken by uh by skinwalkers because they yes. do not exist in this in this region okay one fun fact I learned I recently learned though that, uh, maybe in the next couple or so we're still not going to get cyberpunk we're not, still not going to talk about cyberpunk now they delayed that thing again we're never going to talk about Cyberpunk. I'm not talking about that shit again, Garly. We're not, that's a different <laughs> conversation. Anyway, follow the podcast at Waypoint underscore Sets. Um, you know, we're back doing consistent episodes. Um, I know you all missed us. I know I missed doing it. Christine, I'm very happy we're doing this again. Um, we got to come up with a new logo. Oh, that, that'll come later. That'll come later. We have to wait until, you know, the election results, then we'll decide which one we want to do. Um... You can follow me at waypoints.cj. I have a lot of fun projects working on. I'm working on. Read my reviews at gamecritics.com. Um, you can find the podcast on Anchor and all your other podcast uh, sources. Um, I quick shout out to John uh, at um, G4D Grounds for Discussion. He shouted us out. Uh, Christine, I'm sorry. He called you Christina by accident. Oh, I'm used to it. I'm, I just want to call him out publicly. He's, he's a good guy, though. Uh, he wanted to hear me talk about... Um, Bruce Springsteen. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, remember, whether you're driving home or you're pouring yourself a drink, uh, we'll find the, we'll set the waypoint. Something like that. I keep forgetting what I want to say. Anyway, good night. <laughs> so I'm very stubborn, and I've had to fight to do things my own way. And uh, and I've had wonderful people helping me and, and collaborating but still it's still a fight it's almost getting harder as i get older the nature of the world and the business and all that so i, I fight to do it and, and really it's not my way it's our way you know so i would like that we were true to our instincts and, and created something that maybe somebody uh was affected by or it gave them some new insight or joy or some moment of uh, amusement